Welcome to the Uncharted Podcast. I am your host, Inez Franklin. My hope for you today is that we discover faith beyond the boundaries. Uncharted is intended to be a safe place for you to listen, learn, and challenge yourself along your journey of faith. May grace and peace be with you today. Welcome to the show. friends, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I am going to invite you to hear something we created a year ago with Gabe Lyons on our YouTube channel. This month, we've been talking about questions that God asks. We've been talking about the idea of being curious, being lifelong learners. And my conversation with Gabe was all about that. I thought you would really enjoy listening to this. If this is your first time and you didn't get to hear it before, I think you'll really enjoy it. And those of you who heard it once before, I think you will really appreciate hearing it again. I know I did. It reminded me of some very important things. At the time we recorded this interview, we had so much going on in our nation. And it also showed that this idea of being lifelong learners is a completely evergreen idea because here we are a year later. Later, and this is also extremely important. So enjoy this conversation. I think this is an important one. Thank you so much for joining me on our interview. I am so, so excited for us today because I have my dear friend, Gabe Lyons, joining us. Uh, Gabe and I have known each other now for, wow, I think almost more than 10 years. One of the great things that Gabe does is he collaborates, he brings together leaders throughout the nation and some of them actually from outside the U.S. as well for great conversations, great learning, and really expanding our mind on how it is that we can be faithful in our faith journey and influence culture in a good way. One of the, my favorite things is what his organization stands for. He has three big statements that I totally buy into, which is think well, do good. All three things I'm super passionate about. One of the huge values that I have is the importance that we remain lifelong learners, that we have never arrived, that we have so much to learn constantly, and that we actually can develop uh, from even people whose opinion are different than ours, that, that learning sometimes requires us to put ourselves in the difficult position to hear things perhaps that challenge us, that might cause us to pause on, on our own thinking, um, and might even uh, get us to change our mind. Uh, one of the first questions I want to ask you, Gabe, is those three statements, stay curious, think well, do good. Stay curious. Uh, obviously, it has a lot to do with this idea of having a posture of being a lifelong learner. So I was curious about how you came up with that and why is that it's so important in your ministry and your work um, as with regard to being a lifelong learner. Yeah, well, thank you, Inez. It's great to be with you and to just get to have these conversations. I mean, you know, I've been talking for just a long time about the importance of this type of work and the importance of curiosity because I, I just find that the more curious we are, the more exciting life is, you know, there's so much for us to learn. And when we take an approach to life that 
really starts with humility. I mean, to be curious, you have to first basically acknowledge that you don't know everything, that you don't have all the information, that by posing some new questions, by listening to a few other people, that you will be better for that. And I think when you can, with that humility, start to approach all kinds of topics and ideas and people and stories, and you can be curious about this world. I believe this world's amazing. I believe God's made an amazing world, you know, 7.8 billion amazing people. And, and the more we ask questions and we start to learn, you know, sometimes we'll feel smaller, but I think that's okay because it's a humbling sense that we're just one little part of something so much bigger. And uh, I had found within the faith community that I was in, Christian circles, um, back when we first started talking about staying curious and the importance of that when we started our Q conference, uh, that a lot of people were just giving answers to people and not asking them to think. And and that became an important facet of our journey is let's let's help people feel like they're invited to get curious about some things and not just have everything spoon fed to them. Mm, to get them to think. Well, Your second one, think well, right? Yeah. Can we think well if we don't remain curious? Yeah, really? so you, you can obviously, being curious means you're going to ask a lot of questions. That tends to be how curiosity shows itself. And by asking those questions, you learn. And, and I think part of our goal is for people to be thoughtful in their approach to stories, topics, issues, questions that they have. And again, many times that requires hearing a lot of different perspectives. Um, to think well about something, you really have to own it. You have to have processed the information, not just parrot what you heard someone else say. I think as we're younger, we're taught to do that. And that's good. Like when I'm training my children how to think about something, I'm wanting to develop their worldview and I want it to be really clear. And I want them to almost memorize this is how I think about this. This is how I respond to this. But once they start to reach those teenage years, anybody who's parented teenagers knows, they start to push back. They start yes. to get curious. Now, why is it that I grew up thinking this? And why did you teach me this perspective? And, and those questions are all part of being human. It's all part of growing up. It's all part of starting to take ownership of your own opinions, your own thoughts. So, so our goal with within Q and within just my own life is I want to be a person that's thinking well and being thoughtful about issues, not just quick reactions, not just repeating again, something somebody else said. I want to take ownership and I want to understand it for myself so that I can then have, have the ability to articulate to others, to help others possibly see that perspective. And even if I don't agree with the perspective, and, and I think this is an important point in this current cultural moment, I'm going to learn and listen to a lot of people and perspectives that I fundamentally at some point will go, I actually don't agree with that, but I'm better because I understand it because that actually helps me understand that person, their perspective. It helps us have a chance at finding some common ground and finding ways that we can work together. Yes. Now, I started coming to the Q conferences uh, in 2010, 2011, and I can't th tell you how grateful I am that you've put those together because to think that you've been trying to help us think well for how many years now you've been doing this? Well, we started Q in 2007, so we're on year now. Yeah. Almost 13 years, right? And that you've been helping people think well, learn well, engage in topics that perhaps are challenging and difficult, um, are often not shared or talked about in the church environment, um, and that people are curious about and are looking for places to learn. The fact that you've been doing this for so many years, in one way, I feel personally, it has prepared me for today. 
It has prepared me for all of the challenges. Now, it saddens me that we're in the situation. I wish we weren't. But at the same time, I think, wow, if I had not trained to learn to, to be in this learning posture, to think well, to be comfortable engaging with difficult conversations, how would this be for me today? Um, and so I know I've benefited from that, from everything you've done for so many years. Some of my listeners may or may not have been, may not know about QIDs or the conferences. Um, and so would you tell us a little bit about what you do so that they can jump in and, you know, Q media, all the things that you're doing, because I want them to jump in, even if it's, if they haven't done it all this time today, we need it more than ever. So tell us yeah. about that. Well, I love, I love thinking about your journey because my journey has been the same in this. I mean, I, I haven't always been thoughtful about issues, but I did realize in my late twenties when we were starting this movement, this organization that, um, I wanted to change that. And that started with me and it started with me starting to learn and listen and then inviting a lot of other people into it. And so it's been fun with the journey we've been on over these 14 years to see so many leaders like yourself who've been on that journey with us, learning together, trying to process these things together. None of it happens in a vacuum. And so that's why relationship is so important. It's why communities like, like this, where, you know, there's, there's people that are, are able to get access to one another and to just hear some different perspectives. And so for us, we began in 2007 realizing there wasn't a place where many Christian leaders were able to gather and not be, just be told what they were supposed to think. Um, that was really one of the first problems that I was encountering is that therefore leaders didn't want to show up at events anymore. They didn't want to necessarily get together and just be told something. They really wanted to process information. They needed a way to sit around tables together and hear a talk, but then have a, the opportunity to discuss it, to go to lunch with their friends and then what did you think about that? And have you heard this perspective and to explore? Uh, and so when we created our first Q conference in 2007, that was the goal. And we created it with a format with a lot of talks, but short talks. We timed those talks at 18 minutes and now we do a lot of nine minute talks and that allows us to get through a lot of information. So now through the Q world, I mean, we've had over 4,000 talks delivered now that are unique talks by different individuals. So it's enormous the amount of content that's now come out of this over these last 14 years. And in addition to that, we've been able to hear a lot of different perspectives on particular issues. So for, as you mentioned earlier, sometimes these topics aren't talked about much within Christian faith circles, and they're, they're pretty difficult topics to try to address on a Sunday morning in a sermon. They're also challenging to ask a small group leader to, to lead on if they haven't read up on some of this. And so what we've tried to do at Q is just start the conversation and say, over the next year, so for example, right now, 2020, we want to help you understand what are the key conversations coming this year. And as a Christian, how can you both be knowledgeable and thoughtful about it and then also be faithful to what does it mean to have a Christian perspective on this? Um, and so our goal is to both inform people about various uh, um, perspectives on a topic, as well as to question them to go deeper with their community and their friends to really uh, take that ownership back and go, this is what I now think about this topic. And so, you know, just a few months ago, we did our Q 2020 we did a virtual summit with um, over 8,000 people participating in that all over the world. And we had over 40 different talks, but we were dealing with everything from, you know, how, how does the measures of social distancing start to change our social relationships? Cause we know this year, that's a huge conversation that leaders need to know how to have and parents need to know how to have. We also talked about Gen Z. What is, what are the 16 and 17 and 18 year olds 
How are they feeling about the cultural moment we're in? We talked about the election coming up. We talked about vaccines. We talked about, you know, immunity and, and COVID-19 and where's this going, as well as what does it mean for us to think about rebuilding institutions that people have lost trust in? And so an enormous amount of topics and content, but it's a lot to take in, as you know, the way we do it. We do it usually in April and we do it over about three days. Um, but now because we created Q Media, which is now our platform, it's an app that's available on your phone as well as laptop or Apple TV or any smart TV you use. But now people subscribe and have access to those talks and they can go watch them at any point. They can pull up a talk like I did the other night with my teenagers and we watch this talk on race. And then we have a conversation about understanding the history of racism in America. Um, so it stimulates these conversations that many, many of us don't feel equipped to handle. But you can start to rely on Q Media as a place to kind of start the conversation and then allow it to be a way for you to learn and to, to think well about a particular topic. I love that. I love that. And, you know, to be able to find one of the things that you do, let me back up. One of the things that you do so well is that you often bring various people on a particular subject from different back, different perspectives. And, and again, this is that learning posture is, is most valuable when we're willing to allow voices that come from a different perspective, perhaps in ours, or a perspective from each other. Because sometimes we may be like, I don't know what to think. But if you hear two people from different perspectives, it might help you think well about a subject. And I, there, I can't tell you how many times at the conference, I've heard two speakers on a subject that I wasn't even thinking about. It wasn't even in my radar. And hearing the two perspectives allow me to enter into a conversation about it. Um, and so the, the importance of having that willingness and the ability to go to the Q Media, search for something and be able to see a variety of voices. I can't thank you enough for that. That is such a great, great thing. And I want my readers, my followers to look up QMedia, QIdeas.org. You definitely want to get involved in those stuff. Now, this interview is not meant to be a, a push for Gabe, but I want, to, I want to be pump up for him because I love what he does. But at the same time, um, I think it's you model, you really model this. You model the importance of having, placing ourselves in that position of, of discomfort, which leads me to my next question, which is I know on your journey, because I've seen it in my own experience of the conference, you get misunderstood or, or you, get, you get pinned as having this opinion, that opinion. I know one of the biggest challenges people have today, because I've talked to many people, is if you, if you voice your opinion or if you, if you voice what you think you know and people immediately categorize you over here or over there, you know, if you say it this way, you're over there. If you say it that way, you're over there. And so we want to keep a learning posture. We want to be good listeners. We want to gain from others. But it's, it's a dangerous journey to be on, isn't it, to some extent? You know, these days it's getting a little tricky, isn't it? I mean, yes. especially with uh, the way our social media environment works. And, and I think people have been taught that they should only tolerate certain ideas. And so we have a new generation that doesn't always appreciate that there are other perspectives. Uh, even if you disagree with them, it's okay for those perspectives to be heard. In our culture today, sometimes, you know, if you don't like what the other person is saying 
or the other party is saying, you can quickly call them divisive or call it, you know, hateful. And we we have all these new words to basically say to ourselves, I don't need to pay attention. And that actually doesn't lead to a flourishing society. We need a space where we actually listen to different ideas, ideas that are going to challenge us, ideas that are going to, again, these things we disagree with, but we're better for hearing those ideas. The moment you start to shut down and say, if you have those ideas, it's not welcome here. Those ideas will still be happening. They're just going to happen in a really dark place where people aren't able to interact with them. And that's not good either. The way America has worked so well as a country is trying to create space for free speech, for assembly, for the ability for ideas to challenge one another and to not say your ideas don't matter. And so I think uh, for me personally, you know, the way we've created Q and what what I've loved about Q is honestly, my opinion on a lot of these things don't really matter. And that's not the point of Q is it's not me just getting up and, and spouting what I think about a particular issue. What I'm trying to do is help Christians really hear and better understand some of the smartest people on these topics and issues, way smarter than me, and to learn together and to say, let's listen to these perspectives. Let's learn. And, and certainly I can form my opinion after hearing from, from them, but I want you to form your opinion as well. And, and you feel much better about forming your opinion when you know you've been exposed to good thinking and, and people who've thought about it a lot longer than either one of us. Um, you know, the other thing that Q helps people with because of the short nature of these talks and our curiosity to learn is, is as I know, and as you and I both, we have stacks of books sitting, you know, on the nightstand. Rebecca's always coming in, trying to clear those books, get them up on a bookshelf. And I'm constantly fighting. And no, no, don't. I'm, I'm reading that one. She's like, there's a method to this. Reading. There's a method. Yeah. You can't be reading 18 books right now. And, and, the, and um, so because of that, there are a lot of great ideas, books, topics, that, that today, especially, we need to be aware of if we're trying to lead people or we're trying to lead an organization or we're trying to help people think well, um, but we can't always take the time to read the books because of the amount of hours it takes. So, so I see Q as another great, you know, a way for people to almost get the book summary, get to hear from these leaders on a topic and stimulate their curiosity. And if they want to go deeper, then they have kind of an on-ramp to go deeper into particular subject matter that, that they, they really want to dig into. So one of the things I love that you do, Gabe, is that you bring, and you're intentional about this, you bring experts in topic more than you do bring popular speakers. Now, sometimes those two come together, um, but quite often, you know, when we look at the list of speakers, we might go, well, who's that person? Who's this person? You know, we may not know them. And we're a little bit of a celebrity culture where we think that those who are popular must have the best ideas or, or maybe the best thinking, but often times it's not that those those people don't but it is not right to say they're the only ones who have great ideas or haven't thought well there's so many people who are very busy in their topic in their the thing that they're passionate about and they're pouring themselves in that and they have a lot to say that we can learn from so so often we can learn from voices we don't know about or voices that come from a perspective that is surprising an example of that right being learning from voices that are younger young people who are just coming in and maybe we think what do they know they're just starting life but it's that's this counting of the fact that they have a voice as well tell me about that posture that you have about learning from all kinds of people well i love that you pointed that out because you know in the event world which we we used to be an in-person event business <laughs> for covid and we hope to be back to gathering people in rooms but but i will say many many people who do events the the status quo on events is like you said get the most famous name current name 
big, you know, New York Times bestseller and have them speak and that'll sell tickets and get people to show up in the room. And I think our approach from the beginning has been what you described. We want to find the best person on a particular topic. So we actually start by analyzing what's a topic that needs to be addressed and who has been working on that, thinking about that, writing about that, maybe um, published about that, but they're not a great communicator. Maybe they've never been somebody who got trained in great communication, you know, giving a keynote on a main stage. Um, but if we became friends and we had some conversations, we could actually create a great nine minute conversation with them that everybody would just be fascinated to listen to. Uh, and so that has always been our goal. We start with the topic first, and then we go find the best presenter. And what that means is with our team, that takes, um, that, that can take a long time to find the best person to talk to about a particular topic because sometimes the topics coming in the year ahead are not the topics that everybody's talking about right now. It's, it's a topic they will be talking about. And so you sometimes have to get pretty far ahead of the curve to find who those people are. Um, and you take some chances, which means sometimes that person isn't a great communicator and it's really hard to listen to. Um, but most of the time, I feel like we hit home runs on that and, and we really hear from unique people who are able to bring in some ways a, a deeper perspective to some of these topics than just a, a typical pop culture type answer to things or a quick answer. Um, and we can ask those more in-depth questions because of their level of knowledge and expertise. And so we have just found that to be a, a winning combination for leaders who want to learn. They really appreciate that and that's what they want. And so as the days go forward, you know, I think as more people are learning in ways like we're doing today, um, that's that's even better for us because now we can have access to leaders in their, in their home office. Um, yeah but we can get to the expert now in a way that doesn't require the travel, doesn't necessarily require them uh, to show up or be a great communicator on the stage, but just be somebody that's a great conversation partner that we can learn from. That's good. Now, a lot of times when we go to the conferences, we're, we're learning from people perhaps who that leader is friends with or has a good connection with. So that it's a, it can, it can turn it into an echo chamber fairly quickly. Right. So on a practical level, when you, when you're trying to, uh, fine thinking that might be different than yours, right? Um, I, I believe that you you offer a, a, a great platform for a variety of ideas, but there's probably people even in your platform that you may not have. Uh, and so for our audience, right, like how, how would you recommend to them as they go about looking for people to learn from? Uh, obviously, this is a resource, um, but, you know, what else would you offer to them as a place to learn from others? Well, I think people are, are becoming more aware of this than probably they, they ever have, even in our mainstream culture and conversation. But how much the foundations of somebody's ideas are, are usually much deeper than the surface level that you're hearing. So we hear a lot of people talk and go, well, I agree with that, or that's interesting, or I like that, but I don't like that. Our ability to discern uh, right from wrong, you know, this is difficult. It's something that, um, you know, you, you hear described in uh, Hebrews where Paul actually actually says, you know, you have to practice. You have to practice so that you have a skill to know right from wrong when you're hearing it, which, which means this is not going to be easy. This is going to be difficult. It really gets into kind of worldview thinking. And for those who don't, you know, aren't used to that language of worldview, it's essentially what is the 
what is the lens if you were wearing a pair of glasses by which you're going to see everything through that lens? So as Christians, we want to impose a Christian lens. We want to understand a biblical lens on what is it that God says about this? How does this line up with history? How does it line up with how, what we know to be true of us as human beings, that, that we do have the ability to sin and to, to make poor choices um, in the gift that God's given us? Um, of the freedom to choose. And so because of that, I think I would challenge people right now is, is to try to understand what's, what's the foundation of this person's ideas. Uh, that's not always easy to discover. Uh, but I know in our work, we're trying to do that. And, and we're also, so we're trying to present to people, people who both have a foundation that's Christian, that's uh, historically Orthodox based in scripture um, when they're communicating about specific Christian ideas and how, how Christians maybe ought to think about something. Um, but we'll have plenty of people speak at Q who are not Christians, but they're an expert in a particular topic or an area that we need to learn from that expert. And so I don't have them there because I'm, I'm looking for their um, necessarily their theology to be presented as much as it could be an expertise on artificial intelligence, right? Or, or we could be, you know, talking about the, the science of a virus or, you know, whatever it might be, it, it's that expert that I'm interested in. So I'm, I'm a little more careful when it comes to theological topics, topics that are going to directly interact with something that could contradict scripture. I want to be careful there um, to not just take in all of those ideas and assume they're equal. They're not. I do believe there's truth. I believe truth exists outside of you and I, and it's outside of just our feelings or even how we feel about certain ideas. And we can know that through scripture. And so I think that becomes a, a very clear lens for me as I'm thinking about what we're leading and what we're trying to expose people to. One of the things I hear often, and I'm now hearing it from people of all ages, is the frustration of having a uh, good dialogue. Uh, you know, obviously social media has its place and its purposes, but it, it can have, it's a tremendous tool to have good conversations, but so often people are siloed even within their the social media platforms. And it's easy to say, I'm just going to get out of that, out of that. I'm going to check out. Uh, is that a wise, uh, you know, posture to say, I'm just going to check out of that and, and not listen to what those people are saying in their silo and leave the world to implode itself? Instead of I think it's, it really comes down to individual calling in that regard. I think some people are called to be having conversations in all of those spaces, um, like yourself and like myself where um, being aware of what people are thinking and how they're approaching things is, is just paramount to what I know I'm called to do. But there's other people that, that it's actually can be very toxic for them. It can be very depressing. Um, they, can, they can go away from, as we know, it, it might not just be the social media side, just purely spending time in the tech space and looking at these, uh, you know, lit up screens that that can have a, a down effect on us. And so I'm not one that says, hey, yeah, everybody should be out there engaging in social media. I don't do a lot on social media personally. I don't say a lot. I'm not communicating outbound a lot. I'm learning a lot. I'm listening. I'm following a lot of people and people who I don't fully agree with or align with. But I but I want to learn. I want to understand the conversation that's happening. Um, that is really representative of our new public square. Um, you know, back 
you know, we could go back a couple hundred years and the public square could have been very easy to, to see because you showed up in a literal public square. And this is where the town hall meetings were happening. The church was kind of at the center of that. I grew up in one of those. <laughs> yeah, I did. I used to go to one of those in Puerto Rico. Everyone showed up there. That's where people talked. So I totally yeah, get it. I mean, that, that was the community. You could hear the different debates and perspectives. And so today that really has moved to this online format. So to not be aware of the conversation can make it really difficult to enter in or to have any kind of influence or to be thoughtful about particular topics and issues and perspectives. But I also would give fair warning that it, it can be a space that if you spend too much time there, just, just taking in and consuming um, without taking the time away from it to reflect, to really understand what you believe and how you think about things and what your source is going to be for truth, um, it can be devastating. And we've seen that happen in a lot of people's lives. I, I will say one of the data points that I learned over the last year um, from Instagram and, and how much time we're spending on it, that 27 minutes a day is how much time the average person with an Instagram account is spending, you know, taking in what we're doing right here, you know, listening to this conversation or reading opinions and posts from their friends um, and those that they follow, influencers, right? Celebrities, those who, who people are regarding more highly. And they spend nine minutes on all other reading and input. Okay, so, so a third of the time that they're spending on Instagram, they're spending reading a book, reading the Bible, listening to, you know, reading, reading something that, that might, might have a little more thought that's gone into it than just the latest post from a friend. Um, not to disparage, you know, posts, because I know those are influential. And, but, but I just think let's understand that and let's understand the impact that can have on how we think. So are you going to think well if the only reading you're doing is Instagram post and what the people you're following are saying, or is there something more historic that should be playing into what you're reading? I think it should be, you know, CS Lewis used to say for every new book that you read, read an old book. Um, that's a practice that I'm, I've put myself in because, you know, it's so easy to have that stack next to your, 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 you know, in, in your, on your desk or next to the bed, the nightstand have only all the newest books. Um, so I make it a practice that I don't do that and that I have old books so that I'm, I'm reading both. And, and when he meant old books, you mean books that were written long ago or books that you've read once before? No, long ago. So that follow a track of history. You know, I was talking to a friend the other day and she said, she said, Gabe, go get City of God, you know, by Augustine off of your bookshelf. Oh, that's, that's not fun. The mutual friend of ours. I won't mention their name, but, <laughs> but she was she was very encouraging to me to, you know, you, you will get some understanding about the current moment to go read the second half of that book where he really lays out that vision. Um, so that, that, that'd be a really old book. I mean, another example was a friend saying, Hey, go read screw tape letter 25. So a CS Lewis book written in the mid 20th century. So it's not that old, but I mean, it's what 70 years ago. And he said, go read screw tape letter 25. It actually talks about how one of the goals of the enemy is to take ideas and to twist them just enough to pull people away from, from truly understanding uh, the truth. And so, so by reading that, it just keeps grounding me to where I go, wait, what we're walking through right now as a society, this isn't that new. This is actually a tale as old as time. You go back and read Augustine, you know, you're, you're going back so many centuries to where you can't trick yourself to go, this is new. You go, wait, some things aren't new. We're in a different kind of environment and context. We have different tools. But the ideas of humankind continue to perpetuate. And when we can start to see clearly, as Revelation um, tells us, when you, when you have eyes to see and ears to hear, it actually helps 
uh, remove some of the confusion and I think give you courage and confidence and clarity to know how to contribute to really good conversations right now. Awesome. That, that's kind of why I'm doing this. I'm trying to bring content to these platforms where people are spending time uh, and perhaps uh, provide something that, you know, they don't know about or, or they do, but they're, they happen to be an Instagram. So, so that's, that's really good. So um, what encouragement would you give to those who um, might be facing the unknown, the uncertain time, right? This uncertain future that we have before us, you know, what kind of encouragement would you like to give those who maybe are on social media because they have way too much time since they've lost and a lot of discouragement and, and a sense of hopelessness, especially when they're in these platforms and there's so much negativity um, available as well as hopefully good things. Yeah, I think, and by the way, I mean, I, I do love that you're doing this in those spaces because you're right. It's where people are spending their time. And so we want to be showing up, making sure they, they don't just assume everything here is negative. They can be encouraged through conversations, I hope, like this. And my encouragement right now to any friend that I'm talking to is is two things. One it's we're going through a complete reset in a lot of ways and you can look at that negatively or you can look at it, the positive side i tend to want to move towards the positive side there's a lot of negatives we could talk about a lot of grief about the things that have been lost um the things that have have changed i mean just this morning i i went to our high school graduation for our 19 year old um Cade, who you know and yes. you know every kid there wearing masks sitting six feet apart and getting their diplomas with you know their whole face covered okay that that's like you can grieve that not getting to have their senior prom not getting to you know do their senior picnic or field day and they, they were all talking about that right these are 18 year olds who are essentially describing we've lost a lot of things but in that, we've learned that we're resilient, that we can come up with creative ways to solve problems. And, and so I think taking the more positive look is, is you grieve the loss, but you also go, am I gaining some things? Are there some new things I'm gaining? And the one thing I know we're gaining is time. Um, our time has been completely reset. I know, and as you're used to getting on planes and, and traveling a lot, and, and I was doing the same, and my wife, Rebecca, and that has completely been reset to where there is zero travel happening, um, which means we're spending more time with our children. We're spending more time, you know, planting a garden and doing some things that I'd had on the list that I've always been wanting to do, but I never had time to do that, and now we're doing it, and so we're cultivating some new things. Um, I would also encourage people that during a season like this, it is a chance to reevaluate where your meaning and purpose is coming from. I mean, this experience right now, I think, is cutting so many people to the core who uh, were so busy doing and keeping up with all the commitments they already had that it's causing a chance to reflect and go, now, do I really need to do that? Like, whenever this does open back up more or when I have more opportunities, am I going to say yes to everything I was saying yes to? And how can I edit in my life a little bit to where I'm, I'm really only doing the things that only I can do and only I'm called to do. And I think that produces, that can produce a really positive focus for people um, where they actually find deeper meaning than in our old life. I mean, let's be honest, the old life for many people, for most people, wasn't working. It's not like the thing we, we stopped was just going awesome, no. Mental health was through the roof as a negative. 77% um, of people were seeing the doctor with stress-related symptoms. Um, that thing wasn't working. And so if we see it from that perspective, we go, we've got a chance to kind of 
do a little restart. And that's incredibly unique that we're getting it. What is God trying to do through that? And so I know that doesn't make it easier on those who are losing jobs and, and are suffering financial loss. And um, it doesn't tangibly fix those problems, but it does give us a minute to just reorient, to realize we can trust God for that provision um, and to appreciate the things that we're realizing mean more to us than, than some of those things in the past that we had bought into that maybe had become idols. And I think, I think that's the opportunity in this that I would encourage people with. Well, you just modeled what the whole point we're trying to make through this time together is the importance of being lifelong learners, which means we can learn from any season, any circumstance, whatever is happening, no matter how hard it is, how, how difficult the season might be, there is something to learn, something to use to grow, like you say, something to cultivate with and to, and to find flourishing um, and new things. So. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you so much for, oh my goodness, I can keep talking to you forever and ever, which I know when we're together, I, I do the same. Um, so I'm so grateful that you have shared this time with, um, with me and with um, the people that are on this journey with me. I hope um, we have an opportunity to talk about some other topic down the line, but uh, thank you. Uh, if there's any last word you want to say to the audience, maybe what's coming up in the future that you want to share with us so that we can be uh, jumping into what you're doing. Well, you're welcome, by the way, for, for your uh, encouragement to me and for me being here, but this is a gift to me to just get the chance to talk with you, to hear you know the things you're wondering about and your audience is wondering about. Um, I think all of us are, we all have these questions. So I, I would just say, you know, to anybody listening, like keep finding spaces like this that are going to encourage you, that are going to be people bringing hope and that bright smile that Inez brings to, to the <laughs> conversations that I know she's going to be leading. And as far as us, I mean, thank you for letting people know about qideas.org. That would be my only thing. I'd say, you know, we're doing movie nights every Saturday night. We've got uh, Q dinners we do every Thursday night around a topic. So if, as you're re-entering life and you go, like I've done with my children, I want to have space to talk more seriously about things that are important and that matter um, and not just live the busy life. And uh, I hope Q ideas can be a space to help cultivate that for more people. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Gabe. All right, friends, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Andy and I want to talk a little bit about this conversation as well. And I want to point out, Andy, two things that Gabe said that I think were, were really pretty much what we're talking about this month. One was that the more curious you are, the more exciting life is. And then the other one, it was to be curious, you have to basically acknowledge you don't know everything. And it's interesting because they're kind of different statements, right? They, they're looking at curiosity from a totally different pr perspective. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's interesting. I, I feel like it, it's inter it feels heavy to say, like, in order to be curious, there's a qualifier. You know, it's kind of like, in, yeah. a, in a way, like, I would almost ask, like, if you're not if you're not curious in your life, the next question I would ask you is then, um, are you completely satisfied with everything you know? You know, does yeah. that... Does that do it all for you? You know, when you kind of take a stock of everything that you've acquired or considered or thought about, you know, is it all there for you? You know, because that's, I think that's asking ourselves that question will create curiosity. 
you know that's true and it's like it doesn't well, that in itself it's a curious question right you know so it's kind of like you can get at you can i think you can provoke people to be a little bit more curious by you know asking like trying to understand like um what are you certain about and yeah. you know what are the things you're not certain about you know and like that's yeah. kind of um i think that's that's always a relational conversational aspect of curiosity because i want people you know to be more curious you know um and sometimes it's hard because i think what it gets at and I heard this conversation, you know, kind of in our, our current month and in recent social spheres around like, you know, sometimes a lot of these common talking points that make their way into social media and make their way into these conversations, um, they're just kind of repeating what other people are saying in media outlets mm. or boards or forums, right? But then uh, the question to, to follow should always be like, so then what do you conclude, right? Because okay. it's like, that's how that's how you arrive then at what you think you know or who it is that you identify with with that information and so it's like but usually that's left without curiosity you know most people are trying like kind of trying to find small claims and it's like i don't you know being in the business and conversations is just finding those claims it gets it gets tired when it's like if we're curious together that builds relationship and that's that's far more interesting than just like well what do you believe what do you believe what's your stance on this what's your stance on that and let's compare notes yeah let's just compare notes (laughs) you know versus like provoking conversations of wonder and interest and like yeah like what what gets your imagination going you know and and that to me um really creates uh, a foundation to build relationship off of not just like uh, to know something about somebody which which that fits with the theme this month we're looking at questions that God asks and every question as I've been studying them in preparation for our devotionals which we run on Mondays is that every question seems to me as God essentially opening up the door of his heart and to build relationship so mm-hmm. when he asks you know Adam and Eve where are you it's this desire to be in relationship or when he says what is this you have done versus just coming straight and punishing for for disobedience what is this you have done says let's have a conversation about this Mm -hmm. you know every one of these questions shows a desire for relationship so curiosity really i do think it's a relationship builder Mm -hmm. if you're you know right in social settings when you sit down to have a conversation with someone nothing's worse than the person who sits there and just tells you a bunch of statements but yeah. never ask a question about you, right? right? Sure, yeah. right? And it doesn't send, doesn't show like they're interested in you right. and want to know about you. Like it's common sense in a way, right? Socially, we know relationship is built upon us really being interested in each other. But that's the same case with God, and of course with subjects, the kinds of subjects. I mean, Q stands for questions. That's why Gabe's organization is called Q Ideas. It's questions and ideas. And so it's, it's this posture of asking questions, but it isn't just for the sake of gaining information, it's for the sake of building unity, because quite often what divides us is our difference of opinions. But oddly, if we are curious about each other's differences, we actually build a relationship. We may not agree, mm. but we can build relationship. Mm-hmm. So that which appears to be a separator, curiosity, right? Because now you find out, oh, you don't agree with me. You have a totally different perspective. I don't think I like what you think. But still, now I know you better. And that in itself is relational in nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. That gets me thinking, like, um, what you said about, like, unity. There's something there, like, something like, um, you know, unity is the relationship within our differences, where it seems like division is naming our differences. 
mm. right? Like and categorizing each other because of yeah, our differences. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. You know, Bonnie's conversation that we just had, our, our previous podcast, friends. If you didn't listen to it, go back listen to that podcast. She talks about being open to a diversity of voices, which again is a similar concept. Being able to celebrate that we can find unity once we really understand each other's differences and we can find a bigger unity like there's actually something greater that we gain when we're able to enter in conversations with things that are different than us mm-hmm. people who are different than us right and i, and I think uh, this, we come out with a greater reality yeah and I, I think this idea of relationship too this extends beyond just the idea of people and us towards god like this this could also be your relationship you have with this ancient book you know, this yes. could be the relationship you have with the community of your church, the relationship you have yes. with like your actual neighborhood and the space around you and the environments that you're in. Like, you know, that's a big science question. I mean, it's relativity, you know, all these things that are actually like related to each other. But I think that's important to remember. Like that's to me is what sparks wonder and curiosity for me is just recognizing that like we are you are in a constant state of creating relationship. You know, that's that's really it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we get too comfortable with being certain about things, we almost start to neglect the actual relationships we're creating. That is a constant, you know, it's like that yes. never stops. It's almost it's like a dynamic. But, it's right. Dynamic. That di- it's like, we yes. start to like ignore that dynamic because you can't get away from that. Like, it's just like, yeah. cause if you are certain about one corner of your theology, well, maybe your daughter or your niece or your nephew or whatever is like, well, Uncle Frank over here hasn't changed his mind in 20 years. That's the relationship they have with you now. You know, yeah. so even yeah. though it's like you might have thought one way for that long period, that's actually creating a moving dynamic amongst yeah. people. So I yes. think that's why staying curious and like desire, like learning how to desire, you know, to be a lifelong learner is a wonderful practice. And I think is like, mm-hmm. and, and I think it's a spiritual practice. I really think it's something yes, that's, that's like, a good way to call it. you know, to, yes. to like actually sit and look for, you know, these open doors of, of curiosity and wonder about God and wonder about life and, um, you know, and having an open mind to that stuff and looking for those corners of diversity. Yeah. Well, but actually the perfect ending for this based on what you just said, which I think was fabulous. Well, what that brings up is the first point they gave me, the first quote I pulled out, which is the more curious you are, the more exciting life is. And the more life is exciting when we're in relationship with one another, let's face it, right? We would not be all that exciting if we lived by ourselves. I mean, I know some people do it, but it's not the majority. <laughs> we need each other. We need each other. If, if we're different, we need to stay curious about each other, curious about God. Mm-hmm. And that's how we grow. Yeah, so. that's great. Well, thank you so much, guys. I hope you enjoyed that um, podcast. Uh, Tune in for our next one coming up. And let's continue to be lifelong learners. Thank you for listening to Uncharted Podcast with Inez Franklin. Learn more about Inez at unchartedpod.com. Follow Inez's journey on Instagram at Inez Franklin. Sign up for our email list to receive direct access to online experiences and more. Thanks for listening and join us again next time. Mm